You are now tuning in to the Own the Build podcast. Join Sealing's very own Paul Hemming, where each week he interviews experts from the world of construction and asks all the important questions around intelligent construction management. Hello and welcome to episode 73 would you believe it, of the Own the Build podcast with me, Paul Hemming. Thank you to everyone for leaving your ongoing reviews. If you haven't done one yet on Apple, I'd really appreciate it. If you did, does the podcast the world of good, helps us to keep doing what we're doing. The title of today's show is What are Digital Twins and Why Are They So Important? We are joined by Mark Enzer a strategic advisor from McDonald, and also a director at the Centre for Digital Built Britain. Really excited to talk to Mark today. Welcome to the show today, Mark. Thank you. Thanks very much. It's great to be here. Thanks thanks for coming. And I feel like I say this almost every week, Mark. We're on episode 73 now. I've spoken to loads of fascinating people across the industry. And I feel like I say at the top of every show, we're going to talk about something today, which I'm not overly au fait with, or I'm pretty new to. And the topic we're talking about today, digital twins, is something which I don't know a huge amount about. I'm learning a lot as we go through every week, which is great. Hopefully the listeners are too. And um, you'll have to bear with me today, Mark, while I ask you to explain about digital twins. But before we do that, talk to me about yourself your experiences and kind of what you're doing now in construction i mean i, I think i mean just a quick ref- reflection on what you said there uh, i mean i think that is the thing about the construction industry isn't it? that there's there's so much exciting stuff that's going on uh, i mean it, it is almost too much to be able to take in but i think things like uh, digital twins which are you know starting to describe where we might go and how things might might change uh, you know I, I find them particularly fascinating um, because I, I think they can really add value to uh, our industry uh, and, and help us to move towards those better outcomes that we desire for for people and society and nature you know they matter basically um, but yeah you asked about about me so uh, um, as you introduced I'm a strategic advisor within McDonald uh, for five years I was the CTO at McDonald up until recently I was the head of the National Digital Twin Program at the Centre for Digital Built Britain. I'm kind of into uh, exciting, fun stuff that makes a difference. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. Um, and I, I reckon that digital twins and connected digital twins are kind of uh, one of the most fun things that is out there at the moment. And uh, I also don't think that they're just a flash in the pan. You know, I don't think this is just a you know a technology that pops up and then disappears again almost as quickly. Um, this this feels like something that is is uh, set to make a big difference. Absolutely, and uh, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more shortly. I feel like you are an incredibly modest man, Mark, because in the summary of you and your experience, I, I see that you left out that you were awarded a uh, OBE. In, I think it was 2020, was it, for your services to national infrastructure? Is that correct? It is correct. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to mention it. Well, kudos. I mean, it's your. We've had some amazing people on the show. We had last week the president of the Institute of Civil Engineers. We've had RSCS Surveyors of the Year. We've had amazing Contech 
entrepreneurs, but you're the first person on the show who's been awarded an OBE. So I'm delighted to have you on the show, Mark. So, digital twins. My girlfriend said to me this morning, who are you interviewing today? I said, I'm interviewing a very interesting looking man. And she said, what are digital twins? And I said, oh, (laughs) I tried to give her a good analysis of what I believed a digital twin to be I've, I, my understanding is it's it came from NASA right is that is that correct came from NASA that, that's a pre- pretty good place yeah I'm, I would be fascinated to hear what you said to your girlfriend I mean could we do it that way could, <laughs> well I mean you, I'm gonna keep, tell me I'm gonna keep... Twin is. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have said this should I? I've got myself into a right pickle now so my understanding is that a digital twi- digital? I'm even struggling to get the words out here, Mark. You put me right on the spot. This is meant to be the other way around. But so I said, I believe a digital twin is kind of a virtual representation or a digital representation of a physical object. In our case, a project, something that kind of like you build beforehand or you run alongside it so that project teams can kind of understand digitally rather than getting to the work phase and understanding how it all comes together, understand it digitally first. And that I think I read that NASA, it's inspired from something that originated within NASA. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't again. sound impressed, it's pretty, it's pretty, No, no, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm, Out I'm of okay 10, with... three? I was hoping for above <laughs> three. <laughs> no, yeah, that is pretty good. Uh, and, and you're right about the, the, the NASA thing. When it comes to the essence of what a digital twin is, it's really something that makes a connection between the, the kind of the digital and the, and the physical world. Um, and so uh, what, what I think um, is key to it is seeing this kind of two-way connection between the, the digital thing and the physical thing. So you've got data going one way from physical into digital, uh, and then um, you've got interventions going the other way. So it's got a kind of a two-way connection um, because we've, we've had models for a long time you know, kind of offline models that, that model the, um, the the physical world. What's different with digital twins um, is that they're connected, uh, kind of connected up. Like I say, data going one way, you kind of generate insight, uh, and from from that that data, that insight helps to make better decisions. The decisions drive interventions, and those interventions have a real physical effect in the real world. So, data one way, interventions the other. You've got it. That's that's digital twin. So that, that that's really, I mean, you uh, you talked off the show about explaining how you would explain it to your mum. You've just explained it very, very well to me. I, I'm, I'm with you now. It's really interesting comparison with, you know, like the life site or the miniature model of an actual development where, which most people will have seen, you know, I remember one of the last projects I was involved in was Batsy Power Station. There was a model of Batsy Power Station and how it's all going to come together. But you're talking about the digital twin actually kind of following the process and it's taking in the data from the build and actually digitally coming alongside as progress goes. Yes, yes, that's right. I, mean, I, I might want to kind of broaden the um, possibilities of the digital twin as well because it, it's not just about projects. Uh, and I think that if we consider the, the things that you could have a digital twin of, uh, you can have digital twins of, of assets, so individual things, 
you know, which are very physical, you know, like a digital twin of a train or a digital twin of a Formula One car. And we might want to talk about Formula One cars, actually, because that's quite an accessible kind of way into understanding what digital twins um, Let's are. Let's do it. Can, okay. can do. Yeah. But um, you know, beyond the, the digital twin of a physical thing like a, a, a train or a car, you can also have digital twins of processes or digital twins of systems, which don't seem to be maybe so physical, but that, you know, they're in the real world. Uh, and so if you can have a digital twin of a process, then yes, that means you can have a digital twin of a project, you know, which in many ways is a series of processes. Or you can have a digital twin of a company, because in many ways a, di- uh, a company is a collection of processes, or a digital twin of a supply chain. So you, we should expand our minds and, and think that Away actually... Away from just have, physical yeah, building and digitising that. It's not just a thing. And, and also it's not just okay. individual things. Because where, where it gets very exciting is where you get digital twins connected to each other and you start to federate digital twins. Um, yeah, I wanted to, um, to talk to you about connected digital twins a little bit later. I think that is really interesting from the, the reading that I have done. I, I can see how excited you're getting by just seeing it beyond construction projects and everything around us, the, the, the entire built environment to some degree, right, and beyond. Could you describe how you see the future of construction alongside digital twin innovation and the timescales around that. Yes, yes, for sure. <clears throat> so I think something which is really healthy for us to do in, in this is to see construction as part of a, a bigger process. Now, now clearly construction is, a, is, is hugely important in itself, but you can kind of see that upstream of construction you know there's some design that goes on and upstream of that there's some planning and downstream of construction you know, there might be some kind of commissioning and, and then integrating whatever that new thing is uh, into the into the system uh, and then there's uh, i think some really important processes around the kind of the operation and the maintenance of the thing that you've built and maybe even more important than that is is the use of it uh, because it's it's through the use of our built environment that we get the services and from those services we, we get the outcomes that, that we want as society so all of those things i think are connected you can almost draw kind of an infinity loop of those those processes um, so construction is is massively important for sure but it's part of a bigger picture and i think that we can see digital twins being applicable um, throughout that whole infinity loop of, of processes so so pretty much wherever there are decisions being made you can kind of imagine digital twins helping to make the decisions better because i mean for me that is the core of it that's that's what digital twins are, are about is helping to make better decisions faster so if we zoom out okay it's really interesting we zoom out from let's go back to my example battersea power station as a project. If we zoom out from that, what you're saying is forget about just the project. Think about the planning of the area, Southwest London, then the planning of London and actually building a digital twin of kind of like the city, almost like zooming out. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, and uh, you can imagine different digital twins for different purposes at different levels in that. And so, yes, it, it could make perfect sense actually to have a digital twin um, of one single lift shaft you know, in that building, because that would help you to make operational decisions about about that particular lift. But then you could have a you know digital twin of the the building itself and the heating systems, uh, you know, or a digital twin of the transport systems that help you get to the building, or a digital twin of the energy systems that supply the transport systems that help you to get to the. What building. I love, Mark, and- is that just 
talking about it, I can see how much it energises you and brings a smile to your face. The, the, the possibilities appear endless in your mind as to what we can do with this technology. So where are we at with it? How how applicable is it today? Uh, really applicable today. And and there, there are a lot of really good examples of digital twins. I mean, you pointed to the, the, the NASA example you know, from, from decades ago, uh, and they kind of started it off because you know, they had the money to and they had the compute power to, to do it. But that, that's now available to us because you know, the unit cost of everything to do with digital has fallen through the floor. So, so now it's available and applicable to us in the built environment. And so we can see all these potential use cases uh, and people are picking it up. Uh, and so already in the built environment, we see uh, digital twins appearing. Uh, we see fewer of the connections between digital twins. And I know you want to come on and talk about that. So, so I think you know, the, the state of the art at the moment is that people are developing individual digital twins and learning how to use them, learning how to get the value out of them. Uh, and like I say, I think a lot of that value is, is really to do with making better decisions faster. But there's so much more to do, because as you pointed out, you know, when you're looking at my smiling face, I can see use cases pretty much wherever I look. Um, and you can see them um, throughout those uh, that life cycle of processes that I talked about. You can see it across various different sectors. You can see it in different um, kind of levels of the city, you know, individual buildings or the whole city. You, you, you can wherever you look, there are the possibilities for these uh, these little twins and people are exploring it. So I would say we're at the beginning. There are some great examples. You know, you can actually go and see some proper live digital twins. I saw one earlier this this week. Um, HS one. Even yeah. bigger smile coming across your face there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you should come, you should come along to the, um, the the regular meetings we have. The uh, the Gemini calls every Tuesday. Uh, we have examples pretty much every every week coming in. This week it was HS one uh, doing some fantastic fantastic work, uh, and you know the idea really is to help advance the state of the art on digital twins, you know, helping people to um, share what they've learned um, so that this emerging community can can learn and progress without having to you know, fall down all the holes. That does make sense. Can I ask one thing that kind of sprung to my mind there where you're talking about, and we let's talk about the connection now and connected digital twins. Now, thinking back to, I'm guessing this technology is going to evolve. Over, you say we're at the start. It's going to evolve over the next 5, 10, 20 years perhaps, right? And beyond. Thinking back to BIM now and how in many ways I feel like what you're describing now, many people are kind of like going about building their own digital twins in silos almost, which is understandable. It's not everyone's got their own commercial interest. With BIM, if we go back 20, 25 years, not dissimilar in, in in some degree right in terms of creating libraries of their own and it all kind of not necessarily being this huge area where the industry taps into it's kind of owned individually and almost the connection there isn't perfect now right with bim in many ways with the library so i'm just wondering how do you feel about that comparison and how how is it going to be different with digital twins what can we learn really from the bim experience yeah, I mean, there definitely are similarities, but but I would also say that um, uh, digital twins aren't really a completely different thing from BIM, uh, because there's there's, a, there's an awful lot of, of what BIM is essentially about, which is the same the same essentials for for digital twins. I mean, it's really all about information management, putting the right information in the right hands at the right time to make the right decision. I think fundamentally, that's that's what BIM is about. It's it's really it's information management. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not just pretty 3D models. 
Um, it's, mu it's much more than that. Uh, and so I, I would see um, the work that is being done on digital twins as being a kind of a, a continuation of it. It's, it's more like a, a kind of a, a spectrum <laughs> rather than um, you can forget BIM now because we've got digital twins. It, it's, it's part of the, the whole industry kind of growing in maturity. That, that, that makes sense. And I'm, I guess I wasn't necessarily alluding to the fact that thanks, BIM, all the best. We're moving on to digital twins now. But, but more um, from speaking to different people with different sizes, organizations and different parts of the industry, I know that there are some, pe some clever people trying to find a way to make some BIM libraries talk to each other from different, whether it's a supplier to a contractor to an architect to a client, trying to bring that all together, really. And... Of course, I'm not. I'm no expert on digital twins, as I've explained clearly. But if people are in silos, kind of creating digital twins on their own, which you were kind of alluding to now, is there? Is it the National Digital Twin Program, which you're the, you were the head of, which is trying to pull this together in some way so that we get a standard that we can use? Yeah, yeah, it, it is pretty much exactly that. And so this word interoperability becomes really important in it. And, and, I, and I think interoperability is, is really, still really important in BIM as well, actually. So we, we shouldn't forget that. But I think when it comes to digital twins, there, there is a danger that everybody just kind of goes off and does their, their own thing. But if we believe that there are, there's more value in having digital twins talk to each other, this idea of um, kind of getting the connections between digital twins, um, then they kind of have to speak the same language. And if they're, if they're all speaking different languages to each other, it's going to build friction into the system. So, so, so one of the key things we have to do uh, is work out how to reduce that friction, enable secure, resilient information flow across organizational boundaries. You know, that, that, that's, that's a big part of the challenge. Uh, and so I think interoperability is a big enabler uh, of greater value in the digital twin space. But people will get value from digital twins just if they do it all by themselves. You know, and, and they are already. I think they'll get even more value if they do it in a way which is a, a little bit more standard and they can talk to each other. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Well, look, um, we are flirting with the topic of uh, digital twins and connected digital twins. Um, let's learn more about it, but let's just take a little bit of a break here. Mark. Hello, it's me again. I wanted to share a quick story with you on why I co-founded C-Link with my best mate, Chris. Chris and I, we're both QSs, and this is going to sound sad, but one night we were sat in the pub talking about subcontract tendering and we realised the industry had a problem. Number one, procurement was too paper-based. Number two, it was too time-consuming and every QS had their own unique way of doing things. And number three, perhaps most importantly, if you want to competitively tender, you need to know hundreds of the best subcontractors. We simply didn't. That's why we created C-Link. It's software to solve subcontract tendering. We wanted to remove these challenges and help the industry get better. So if you or someone you know tenders with subcontractors, you've got to see our software. Head over to our link, www.get.c-link.com forward slash podcast to find out more. I will include it in the description box. So again, there's no excuses. Now, let's get right back to the show. So I feel like we raced past your quotes or your mention, Mark, of Formula One. 
and Digital Twins with Formula 1 and Uma, the producer, he loves Formula 1. So I feel like we should go back to it. Talk to me about Digital Twins and Formula 1. Yeah, I, I like what you did there. We raced past Formula 1. Uh, yeah. I know, I yeah. tried to get yeah, it. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> um, yeah, Formula 1, because I mean, it's quite a good example of Digital Twins and I think really accessible. You can kind of get to get to see how what they are and how they work. Because I think people are familiar with the um, you know, Formula One race cars zooming around, massive speeds, and they're kind of probably familiar with some simulations which go on and kind of aware of decisions which come out of the of the pit lane. Uh, what they might not be aware of is that there's a digital twin running in the in the in the pit lane, <clears throat> and that digital twin is being fed by data that is coming live from the car because the car is bristling with with sensors. And actually, not just the car, but also the driver, you know, heart rate and reaction times, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and so in the pit lanes, they're getting all of this data coming in, um, which then they analyze. You know, it's not just a case of visualizing the data. They analyze it. They make sense of it to kind of get some extra value of it. Uh, and the, the kind of thing that they're doing is, uh, is, is working out the kind of the optimum fuel management or engine management or, or even when to bring the car in for a tire change. You know, that those, those kind of things. And then... Um, they use that insight to generate decisions. Yeah, and then they communicate the decision out to the, the, the driver. And if it's Lewis Hamilton, he'll sometimes ignore it and say, no, he knows better. And he'll you know, go another couple of laps before he, he changes the tyres. But you know, what's going on there is an example of the digital twin. You know, you've got your physical and you've got your digital. You've got a connection. There's data going one way, generating insights, making the decisions. Decisions drive the interventions. You know, the intervention happens on the track. It's, it, it's, it's back in the physical world again now. Uh, and hopefully, if you get it all right, it leads to better outcomes. Uh, and that's, that's pretty much it. You know, that, that is why Digital Twin is. And it's, that really it's, helps paint the picture, doesn't it? I, I think it does. And, uh, and I, I think it, it also kind of shows um, what you could describe as a, an information value chain. You know, that those words that I use through there, right, that they, they follow each other. You know, where you've got a data flow, uh, which helps to generate the insights which drives the decisions, interventions, outcomes. Uh, and in that in that kind of flow, the thing that releases the value um, is the better decision. So really, the whole point of doing all of this is to make those better decisions faster. And it kind of is true that whoever's got the best digital twin wins. Um, you know, that, that's what happens in Formula One. That's kind of what happens... Even if sometimes Lewis Hamilton decides or opts to ignore yeah. the information that is sent from the... You can't... You can't legislate for that i'm afraid mark but it's it's part it's part of the picture actually it's an important part of the picture it's going to where where is the human in the loop Uh, and you know you can have uh, humans in the loop in various different places in in the digital twin very often the human in the loop is in making the decision uh, and then uh, in um, enacting the um, the intervention but you can imagine digital twins where there is no human in the loop um, and maybe there's a human outside of the loop having a look in, looking at the visualization. Um, but one of the things which I think <coughs> is important... But the important come, thing being the data, right? Um, well, the data is important, and that's, that's what it all gets based on. Um, but without doing something useful to the data, it's just data. You, you have to generate insight from it. And insight has higher value than the data on which it was based. And you, you quite often hear people nowadays don't you, saying, oh, there's too much data. I'm drowning in data. What I'd say is, yeah, maybe there's too much data, but there's too little insight. Uh, and so, you know, what we have to do is turn the data into insight. Uh, and the, 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 the way we do that is by sense making, you know, by the analysis that makes sense of the data. I, mean, I think one of the other things in this is, is to kind of show that 
there are many different digital twins for many different purposes. I introduce that slightly by saying you can have a human in the loop or not in the loop or in different places. Uh, but also there's other things like uh, whether it has to be real-time data or not. And I think what, you know, what we'd say from the National Digital Twin Programme is it's better to think about right-time data uh, because not every digital twin needs to be fed with a kind of a millisecond refresh rate on the data. Um, it really should depend on the purpose. And likewise, the fidelity of the model. You, you don't want to pay for a super high fidelity model if you don't need it. And so the fidelity of the model should be driven by the purpose. And I think this is actually quite an important point on digital twins. Is you know, What is the purpose that will drive the function? Yeah, because one of the things that I wanted to ask you, actually, Mark, was also going back to a point that you mentioned earlier about NASA had the money to create a digital twin. We now, as an industry, have information and technology is much more accessible, so it's easier for us to access it as well. How do you see digital twins impacting SMEs in construction? Is there something that SMEs could do right now to benefit from this technology? Oh, yeah, absolutely, massively. I mean, I think that... Um, it, it'll be an awful lot of the SMEs that actually drive the state of the art forwards fastest. Really? Oh yeah, because you know, they're, they're more agile and faster moving, and they, they can kind of get with the program much quicker than some of the, the, the bigger companies, and then bring what they can do to the bigger bigger companies. So one, one of the things that you're really keen to do on the National Digital Twin Program is to help um, a really healthy market to evolve with low barriers to entry, making it really easy for the smaller players to play as well as the bigger players. Um, so yeah, SMEs, are, SMEs, I think, have got a massive part to play in this. So what would, if if I could ask, like, we, there'll be lots of SMEs listening. There'll be people who are senior management directors at SMEs listening with intrigue, I'm sure. What would your advice to those SME listeners be? It's, it's really to, to bring... Bring whatever it is they have, because because um, I would imagine that an SME won't have the whole picture. They'll have a bit of it, but they need to bring they need to bring their piece of the puzzle and join it to join it to the others. So I think one of the, the brilliant things about digital twins is that it, it's not really a technology; it's much more a kind of a, a methodology or an approach. It's a means of a, of integrating technology. <clears throat> so if I can just do a little bit of a, a riff on that for the moment, so so taking in uh, the the data from the kind of the, the real world and getting it into the digital world, you know, that, that needs sensors, you know, so something that, that gets hold of the data in the first place. But then getting it from there into the digital world, you can kind of see the, the role of IoT and 5G. And then when it gets into the digital world, you've got to do some kind of onboarding, ingesting of the data and some, you know, possibly something to do with data handling. Uh, and then once it's in the digital world, you're trying to make sense of it. And so that's where kind of AI and ML and various different approaches to modeling might might make sense. I already said you don't have to always have a really high fidelity model. And there's lots of different types of models, you know, agent-based models or physics-based models, et cetera. So there's awful, an awful lot of kind of openings there for SMEs with specialist models. But then there's also the, the stuff to do with the visualization, because more often than not, a human will need to look into the digital twin and understand what's going on. And so there's the stuff to do with AR and VR and MR. Okay, so now, now we've done the visualization, then there's decision support tools to help to make the better decisions. And then getting it back into the physical world, um, there's all sorts of ways of doing that, um, which, which could be you know, to do with task orders to get a human to do it, or it could be to do with robotics or smart machines. So what I tried to do kind of very briefly is kind of go around that loop 
from physical to digital and back to physical again and pointing out there's an awful lot of places where there's lots of different technology that needs to be integrated. Now, I'm imagining that SMEs will bring a piece of that puzzle and it could be any any piece of that puzzle, but something clever. Um, and so what they need to do is get it kind of integrated into the into the platform, into the system that is is making the, the digital twin actually work. Uh, so, so what the SME should do is is kind of recognise their potential role in this, and then have a chat with the, with the other people who've also got a potential role in it. And if if it's something which you're not being exposed to necessarily as an SME as an organisation, i.e., it's not on your projects, not on your developments, your schemes, whatever you want to call them, how could you then? What would your advice be to them? Then how can they start to get exposure to it? How can they start to understand it? Can they come to the meetups that you've been talking about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely that. And that, that's that's where I was going to go. Because I, I think a lot of this is to do with collaboration. It's again about getting people together. It's making connections. So I know we're going to talk about connected digital twins, but but actually making those kind of um, technical connections are, are in some ways the easy bit. It's much more difficult to make human connections. Uh, and so I, th- I think it's really important for us to see this whole thing, not as being a kind of a technical thing, but a socio-technical thing. And so making the human connections is massively important. And it's about collaboration, you know, convening, connecting, coordinating. And, and so on the National Digital Twin Programme, we, we kind of thought that through and thought it's really good to establish a community of people who are really into digital twins, whichever bit they're into. You know, they might want to be an owner or a provider of products and services or an investor. Is there anyone more into it than you, Mark? Oh, yeah. You, you wouldn't believe it. They, the smile is getting bigger and bigger. There's a, a really vibrant community into this. So what we did was establish <laughs> this thing we called the DT Hub, the Digital Twin Hub, uh, which is specifically for people who are excited by this kind of stuff. Uh, and the, the DT Hub uh, is now um, hosted by CPC, the Connected Places Catapult. And they're kind of looking at ways to, to develop that community uh, in really exciting, positive ways. We have this stand-up meeting every Tuesday. Uh, the idea of, of that meeting, we call it the, the Gemini call, um, maybe for obvious reasons. And uh, each Tuesday, we have about 80 people come and they, they hear examples of best practice in digital twinning. Uh, and so these SMEs that you're talking about, you know, they, they can say what they bring. Um, because the community is is really keen to hear, so so yeah, I think that, that this community that I'm talking about is really the way of bringing things together, and then hopefully what comes from it as well uh, is is the emergence of a genuine industry voice, uh, because you know, I think for the overall program to be successful, we kind of have to bring together government and academia and industry, um, and industry you know, usually is very fragmented, isn't it? But if we've got this community in the DT Hub, hosted by Connected Places Catapult and supported by other catapults, um, you know, it, it suddenly gives it a pretty powerful voice that I think means that, that we can advance the overall agenda much quicker. Fantastic. Okay, so the DT Hub is the place to go, the Gemini call on a Tuesday, and I'll talk to you afterwards, Mark, about links and so on that I can put in the podcast description for people to go to. We have been trying to talk about connected digital twins for at least the entire show now so i don't think we should try to get onto it could talk to you about many other things i'm sure but you talked about seeing lots of different examples and case studies almost every week regarding digital twins i can see that there is a little bit less progress with the connected digital twins from what you have mentioned 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. How is yeah. that progressing? How is it different? Well, I think the, the the thing that we've talked about, and I think I think we've covered it really nicely. Actually, you know, you're, you're questioning the whole thing about the Formula One. You know, we, we've dug into what an individual digital twin is, and each individual digital twin um, is a cyber physical system because it's connecting digital and physical. Um, but they're individual, and what we mean by connected digital twins is basically getting digital twins to talk to each other. Uh, now, a digital twin talking to another digital twin is really about um, data sharing. It's getting a data flow from one digital twin to another. Uh, yeah, it sounds more exciting in a way, doesn't it, having digital twins talking to each other? And it's very accessible. Um, but under the hood, uh, it's quite boring, <laughs> and it's to do with data sharing. Uh, but data sharing is incredibly important and also very difficult, uh, usually for human and organizational reasons rather than technical reasons. But what, what it does mean, and I kind of hinted at this before, is that to reduce the friction in that in that network, um, ideally digital twins should speak the same language, uh, or at least what we should do is minimize the number of languages they speak so that translation is easy. Uh, and so what we were working on, on on the National Digital Twin Program is this idea of an ecosystem of connected digital twins. You know, we imagined that there would be lots of different digital twins for lots of different purposes across the built environment. And then we, we want to make connections between them. An example would be um, for electric vehicles, because if you think about electric vehicles, uh, and you know, particularly given that they, they also carry batteries. You love them, cars, just, don't you? Formula uh, One, well, electric vehicles. <laughs> I can talk about sewage if you like, but but um, oh no, let's go let's go back to electric vehicles. Okay, we're on, on electric vehicles for a little bit longer, and you kind of think that, that what are they? Are they part of the transport system or part of the energy system? Because you know they, they can be part of a, a storage solution because you know, there's a lot of them, or there will be, uh, and they're they've all got batteries. Uh, so when it comes to something like electric vehicles. Is it part of energy system? Is it part of the transport system? The truth is it, it's both. And so you kind of need um, digital twins of the energy system to talk to digital twins of the transport system because they meet. And I think where they, where all of these things meet most obviously is in a place, you know, in a city, where all our various different infrastructure systems come together to serve people. And, you know, and that is water systems and energy systems and telecom systems and transport systems. You know, they all actually meet an interface. Uh, and so it does make a huge amount of sense that the digital twins of each of those systems can talk to each other. Yeah, this is far, far wider reaching than just construction. It is kind of loads of different sectors coming together to have this digital twin it, it, it really is wider but that's not to denigrate construction because you know construction matters we know that we know this construction matters it's something like eight we believe here it matters a lot yeah and 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 you you are right it's something like eight percent of gdp you know it, it, it's huge um and so digital twins are totally relevant in construction i guess the thing i'm saying is it's that they're relevant elsewhere as well uh, and really they should be they should be joined up you know we should have proper systems joined up thinking but construction is a is a big part of it. Of course, it is. One hundred percent. I mean, that's it's kind of what I was alluding to before about BIM libraries, and I'm no BIM expert, but that joined up thinking should allow it to to flourish, right? Because I think everyone listening, whether they're thinking about the Formula One example, the battery power station example, your lift example, can will be picturing their projects working a lot better with this digital twin if the technology is there. I guess 
my final question for you, Mark, because we haven't got all day, sadly, would be if you could think ahead to 10, 20 years ahead, where do you think when we have languages properly developed, we have it coordinated, it's interoperable between not just different twins but different sectors, how do you actually, in the dream world, see this technology impacting the world? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, so I, I think uh, that it has the potential to impact the world in a, an incredibly positive way um, because the big challenges that we face just now as humanity are kind of systems level challenges, you know, climate change. It doesn't just happen to one sector. It happens to all the, all the sectors. It's a systems level problem. And so achieving net zero uh, or achieving climate resilience or achieving circular economy, you know, these big massive challenges that we have as humanity they're systems problems they can't be solved in silos we need systems-based solutions and guess what connected digital twins We've got one <laughs> are systems systems level solutions and getting digital twins to talk to each other kind of helps us to do that helps us to break the silo boundaries have this secure information flow across sector across sectors um, so i think that digital twins um, they're, they're not the only answer of course it's not a silver bullet, but I think it's an important part of the answer that will help us to understand systems better and intervene more effectively and address the big challenges of our age. That's actually why it matters. It's not just because it's fun. It is fun and it is, you know, it, it, it's super technical fun. No, There's no question about that. But more than that, it's because um, it can lead to better outcomes for people and society and nature. You know, that, that's the thing that gets us out of bed. You know, it, it, it's because it matters and it can deliver real beneficial outcomes uh, you know, at a level that, uh, that will make a difference. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Mark. I feel like I'm going to speak to Anna, my girlfriend now, and give her a far better explanation of digital twins. And I'm even th- thinking back half an hour ago to my quite pathetic attempt to explain digital twins i feel like i know everything about it much better now i'm really fascinated to learn more so to connect with mark i'll be sharing uh, your details mark i'll also um, ask mark to give me details of the dt hub gemini call um, and i'll put that in the podcast description thank you very very much mark for coming on today's show it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here yeah, it's been a huge pleasure for me as well. Thank, thanks for asking such, such, um, such good questions that take us in, in really exciting ways. Exciting oh, places. that's very kind of you. No, it's all, all, all on you, Matt. Thank you so much for coming in. And everyone listening, as always, I will speak to you next week. Have a great week ahead. Cheers. Cheers.